lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with... Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, Blaze TV contributor Jill Savage is here with us. We will kick off the Dace Group in just a matter of moments. Next hour, we'll get into your feedback on a Feedback Friday. But if you guys don't mind, can we do like a little pre-show bonus, but it's actually live on the air? Yeah. Because we had our rundown and everything that takes to produce this Dace Group done before one of the most incredible news cycles I can ever remember. Like... Humanly, as a consumer, doing this for a living. Since we left here yesterday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, here has what here's what has happened since we left here uh, this this time yesterday afternoon. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, the Grand Maven of Facebook, went on the number one show in the country, regardless of format, and admitted to Joe Rogan that he was pressured by the FBI into censoring Hunter Biden's laptop as potential election disinformation shortly before the election. Number one, the FBI had that laptop since 2019. They knew what was on it. Number two, pretty much everything that we have been told about what was on the laptop has since been confirmed including from Hunter Biden's own videos. Number three, why is the FBI concerned about election disinformation and who at the FBI determines what election disinformation is? There's no good answers to any of those questions. There are no benign or innocent answers to any of those questions. And this is now the second hard confirmation, not rumor, not scuttlebutt, not projection, not clickbait, Hard confirmation of the federal government attempting to use, and this has happened now across multiple platforms. This is the Biden White House confirmed, pressuring Twitter into censoring and banning Alex Berenson, which it eventually did. Across multiple platforms now, we have hard evidence of the federal government imposing censorship through private enterprises. Just as it attempted to impose the jab last year on all of us through private enterprise. What is the classic definition of fascism? The collusion of elites in the public and private sector for the domination of the population. That is the classic definition of fascism. And that is exactly what we just had confirmed. Furthermore, it turns out an item we've not even addressed on this show because we had no idea if it was even true. It turns out Ashley Biden's diary is true. Yesterday, the feds took two guilty pleas from individuals that pled guilty to attempting to steal and then sell its contents to Project Veritas. That means the excerpts you've seen about certain problematic showers and sexualization of young girls from Ashley Biden's diary. Turns out that stuff is true. That was also confirmed. Another quote unquote conspiracy theory, which nowadays conspiracy theory is just real news. The regime doesn't want to have to acknowledge it. 
And then this morning, Moderna declared open war on Pfizer, filing a federal lawsuit for patent infringement. I mean, this is like you're the Israelites and you were getting invaded by the Assyrians on one end and the Babylonians on the other. And you just woke up and you're thinking, we're totally screwed here. And then the next morning, out of nowhere, they decide to go to war with each other. And you're like, all right, cool. I'm going to go on with my life. You all go ahead. Bombs away. In fact, I think you should go to the death. This is Isengard and Mordor declaring war upon one another. By the way, it also, if they, if they were indeed doing the pivot on the jabs, we all but confirmed we thought was happening yesterday. This gives them even more political cover to back away from these things. Because do you know how you're going to prove patent infringement? Well, you're going to have to show your work. You know, the kind of stuff they haven't wanted to show us up until now. The kind of stuff that the FDA wanted to make you wait 75 years to find out. I mean, how would we know if a patent was infringed upon unless we know how you made your product in in comparison to our own? There would be no other means to prove you violated this. Correct? Right. Yeah. All three of these stories in any normal time or any normal year would have been competition for the number one story at the end of the year when we do our top 10 stories of the year on our final episode. And all three of these all broke, guys and ladies, uh, all broke after we left this show yesterday. So we would be remiss before we go into the week that was if we don't quickly at least discuss the last 24 hours that was. So let's go around the horn with your thoughts. Jill, ladies first, you're up. I look at the FBI story and it's it's one of those things that we we always thought we knew it, but now we have the actual data that, that shows it. And the, the Meta Newsroom was trying to reply to that video that went viral last night. And they said, oh, this isn't news. He went before Congress and he testified to all this, to which our Ricky Radcliffe, the director of programming here for Blaze, is like, wait a minute, though. They were saying that they were suggesting some some very broad items there for for what you were what you're talking about that, that Zuckerberg was addressing. So you knew that the Hunter Biden thing was associated with that. Why? How? What did you know? Mm-hmm. And when did you know it? Mm-hmm. The Ashley Biden thing, that to me was one of those stories that was almost so far fetched that I just put that out there as, as somebody who you know has believed in a lot of these conspiracy theories. And I go, okay, whatever. What if it if it's a thing, we'll we'll end up knowing it. Well, now that they're prosecuting people, we know that that's true. Like you said, and and to know that Joe Biden, who goes around and sniffs children's hair in a very creepy way, like that is now a they, a pattern. And it happens to come out that the week that all of these children's hospitals are trying to normalize pedophilia, give me a break. There there is so much going on in this country right now that it, it's almost too much to keep up with. Todd. Yeah, we, uh, as you said, the margin of cheating is too big for this coming election. So, But uh, I think the FBI is clear that meddling is what they do now. There yep. are no consequences for it. They, so, are, they are state police. That's what they are. So what their goal this time around in 2022 is just to try to delegitimize the election. 
the, the, the lines are too long. There's too much of this as that and make it seem like democracy is untenable. So therefore, again, the fascism that you started talking about is just a fait accompli. It, it, it must be done in the name of uh, civic society. Aaron. So Zuckerberg counts the uh, FBI coming to Facebook as uh, he believes that F the FBI is still a legitimate institution in this country. Okay, so is just you, you get to decide what's legitimate and what's not. No, we have a third-party fake news fact-checking che team to, to help us come to all of these decisions. This is, say it with me, friends, family, class, everyone, fascism, as you just pointed out. That is fascism. It's just the elites deciding what us plebes get to, to believe, get to see, what we have access to. Uh, this is just eat, you will you will eat the bugs in just a different in a different light. It's what can you say at this point? What can you say at this point? And the funniest thing, I totally agree. This is a, a wacky news cycle. I don't really see a heck of a lot of people talking about talking about the uh, FBI thing, or maybe it's just being suppressed right now. I don't see a, a heck of a lot like uh, this is a, an earth-shattering thing that it actually is. Maybe that's just because also we're used to it at, by this point. It's just... What are the names of the three Kardashian sisters, Aaron? Eyes to see, ears to hear. I need, I'm going to need to ban you. Go ahead, Jill. The third-party fact-checkers that Facebook was employed, we now have the story that came out about a week or two ago that Pfizer is funding yes. all mm -hmm. those third-party yeah. mm -hmm. fact-checkers. Yeah. So just, you know, everything is going to be on the up and up. There's nothing to see here. I'm going to have to ban you from saying that because I lose a little bit more of my soul every time you do. And I, I just need you to maybe, oh, you know, I won't gonna... ban you. Maybe I'll just ask you very nicely. Can you not say that anymore, please? I, it's Friday. I'll I, 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 I can't. And I promise to come You're... up with something entirely annoying. Because every time you say that, I mean, a little bit more of my soul just, is lost. Just okay. wait in the... In the in about five minutes, you're going to be in a completely placid, relaxed state. Just trust me. Let me also say this before we go to issue one here. Aaron, on talk about how much you hate Little Leaguers. <laughs> All of this truth came out, and it didn't require anybody voting for a Republican you know will suck, who hates you every bit as much as the Democrats do for a different reason. All this information came out and it didn't require getting somebody who was going to turn out to be a future hack that would stab you in the back. Uh, their their uh, lifetime gig is a Fox News contributor. You know, all the stuff that we've typically built our entire movement and industry around most of our careers didn't produce any of this truth. Just saying. Just saying. Don't ever doubt the sovereignty of God. And now it's time for the day screw. Your weekly look at the week that was begins, as it always does, with issue one, bleep, Lord Nefarious says. 74% of Americans say the country is going in the wrong direction. Nearly 60% of voters say America's best years 
are behind it. Nearly 60 percent. Yamiche, why are people so unhappy? You see really is on the Democratic side, people that are very, very worried about the direction of this country. They're very worried, especially about former President Trump possibly coming back into power or former President Trump or, or another Republican stealing the election in 2022 or 2024 because we've seen so many election deniers be, be elected. How many stars are on the United States flag? 103? 103? Yeah. Um, 32. But just the final one on this, the people that already paid their student loans, they don't get anything out of this deal. Right. That's right. Okay. The Roosevelt Institute has even has gone even further uh, to say that a deal that canceled student debt and restarted payments would reduce inflation. What ocean is on the east side of the United States? What ocean? Can I Google it? You guys know this. I know this. I don't know this. What kind God is me validating my agenderness. Um, me validating my agenderness because I don't view myself as a god. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in gods. Um, but I just like the, um, not feeling, but how it's perceived with me. What country is the Queen of England from? I'm not a politics guy, I ain't gonna lie, I don't know. Things that we thought we knew in the beginning turned out as the months went by to not be the case, which really forced us to adapt and to change some of our policies and recommendations. That was interpreted by many as flip-flopping or not really knowing what's going on when it really was the evolution of the science. I didn't shut down anything. I mean, I have nothing to hide and I can defend everything I've done and every decision I've made. What's the capital of the United States? Um, the, um, there's a capital? Those who support the governor should stay with him and vote for him and I don't want your vote. If you have that hate in your heart, keep it there. There's no capital of the United States. Yeah, literally, isn't there there no capital? Correct. You guys are UCLA students? We literally go to UCLA, uh, yeah. When babies are born, we label them as boy or girl based on the external genital anatomy we see. In truth, this is actually their biologic sex and does not always match their gender identity. People may identify as the opposite gender, somewhere in between, both genders, or no gender at all. Gender is separate from biological sex and it is actually the innate sense of who we are. People along the gender spectrum may understand this about themselves from a very young age or may not disclose this information until their teenage years, or even in some cases later in life. Can you name the uh, three Kardashian sisters? Uh, Kim, Courtney, and Chloe. What are the three Kardashian sisters' names? Courtney, Kim, and Chloe. Chloe, Kim, Courtney, and Courtney. Yeah. Bonus points for the brother? Um, Robert. The Kardashian's brother's name? What? Rob. Uh, Aaron, our minds are becoming one. I had no idea. I hadn't seen the montage. I had no idea. I, I literally die a little inside every time I see this. Okay. Good. Um, good. <laughs> you and the little leaguers. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> I know I just told you don't ever doubt the sovereignty of God after watching that. I'm beginning to doubt the judgment of it. Okay. Like when's when does the sulfur fall here after that? Okay. Uh first question. 
Jill, I don't know. I don't have one. Just talk after that. I don't, I don't have anything. I have nothing. Steve, I have nothing at least after I that. Don't keep up with the Kardashians, okay? I'll, I'll give you that. I, I don't follow it either. But the worst of the week is children can get hysterectomies. Facebook can collude with the FBI. We have to start paying other people's debts. Leftists can't be in the same room with Ben Shapiro. Apparently, sharing common spaces now is something that is too much, too great of a threat to people of a different political persuasion. It feels like the worst of this week to me is just the weight on top of us right now. We're being crushed from every direction. They want us to do something stupid. They want us to screw up in some way, shape or form. And to me, bring on the bread and circuses, Steve. Bring on college football tomorrow. It's week zero. I don't care. We made up week zero. It doesn't matter. I just need some distraction in my life at this point. College football might be the one thing because I'm I'm going through the edit of the fourth rise of the fourth Reich right now too. That might be the one thing that stops me from doing something real stupid, if you know what I'm saying, brother. Okay, because I am contemplating all kinds of stupid things when I watch clips like that. But I gotta say, so what about the people who already paid their student loans? There's nothing in this for them, correct? Correct. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. I just. Okay, cool. Okay, hook them. Only I a mean, true truly honest. <laughs> right. Nailed it. <laughs> I seriously don't know if I can go on. I mean, I really don't. <laughs> Todd, you're up. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm tapped out. I'm dry. Oh. I'm dry right now. Go ahead, Todd. You know, there's a, um, there's a great, I, at the beginning of Return of the King... Uh, they, it starts with the, with Gollum when he was still a mere hobbit and what happened on that ring. And it does its own little montage of him sliding into madness. And you know, it's, it's, it, it shows physically him over man, you know, however many millennia this happens to him and you get the Gollum, you see throughout the entire movie. I know it's easy to think that the the gal pierced, tattooed all over the place, uh, you know, applying whatever she's applying to herself and talking about one of her pronouns as God uh, is perhaps Gollum-like, but the actual Gollum is the actually, a couple segments after that, is the quite beautiful doctor who looks like a normal woman, but she's talking about, well, here, you, what you really understand is that just because a baby has a penis or a vagina, it's utterly meaningless. Right. That That is the actual ugly golem. Yeah. The, the, and all the freak the shows are only- chick is Schmeagle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All the freak shows are possible because the smart set that progressivism has produced, marching through the institutions- is capable of providing a video for you like that. And many things are possible. She could actually mean that. And many of them do. Or she's one of the ones at the top who don't mean it at all. But it's true nefarious nonsense. They know that they found the way to turn this entire thing called American freedom and liberty on its head. 
Aaron, go. Beautifully said, Todd. Uh, I think the worst of the worst is, uh, I cannot remember his name off the top of my head, but the, uh, the I think it's maybe the education secretary that we were just talking about there. Uh, anything for the people who actually did to pay off their loans, they, they don't get any benefit? Right. Right. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, uh, there is a direct relationship between the level of stupid in a culture and the level of evil in a culture. Preach. And that is what we saw, I think, this week. Or the level of evil and then the level of stupid. It's symbiotic, it's brother. Symbiotic. That's what, Amen. Yeah. Exit question on a scale with one of one to ten. Ten. <laughs> ten. Ten. With one being the odds Lindsey Graham will ever get to the bottom of it. And ten being the odds that Lindsey Graham is a bottom. <laughs> Rate this week's level of total depravity. Todd. Ten again. <laughs> ten. Ten. Issue two. Trump may get the credit he's been craving after all. Politico released this story this week. Trump White House exerted pressure on FDA for COVID-19 emergency use authorizations, House report finds. The story details how the Trump administration, in a bid to win people over before the 2020 election, hurried along the development and approval of therapies for COVID-19. What's remarkable about the story is that it paints the Trump White House in a negative light for the steamrolling through of experimental vaccines, even as health officials across the country continue to push people to get jabbed for the third, fourth, or fifth time. Also, YouTube this week changed its policy. It now allows commentary on the vaccine, particularly when it comes to the denial of the efficacy or lack thereof when it comes to stopping transmission. Further, the Daily Beast, the far left wing spirit of the age controlled publication, came out with a story this week detailing a new study showing Pfizer's antiviral pill Paxlovid doesn't actually work. The first volleys in giving Trump the credit he craves for all these new therapies might finally be here. And now, of course, we have the news that broke this morning. No one saw it coming. Moderna has declared war on Pfizer-BioNTech and is taking them to court for patent infringement. So with all that in mind, Joe, we've already discussed this as a team, so we want to get your take on it. You're, you got a fresh look at it. Are we beginning to see the left turn the tables on Trump here where the poisonous jab is concerned and giving in and pinning it on him? Or is all these things, are they just all singular outliers, random occurrences? I mean, I don't think that you can look at anything as a single outlier anymore. I think that they will go after Trump because this is his Achilles heel, right? They could have avoided all of the Mar-a-Lago raid stuff and just gone straight to this. This would be more effective to hold Trump accountable. Uh, when you look at it, Trump did, he accelerated the timeline. We were all talking back in, in you know 2020 saying the fastest a vaccine had ever been produced was four years. And of course, this one came out in under a year. When you look at it now, they're, they're definitely, you see if, if YouTube is allowing this to go on, if it's gonna be in news articles, people need to pin something on Trump and this is going to be it. And when we look at the Kardashians and the celebrities and the athletes, we all, we all care about them more as a culture. Remember, the Big 10 and Pac-12 wanted to shut down college football over a potential single case of myocarditis, right? What would happen if one of these athletes came down with myocarditis? We would get sued. And you looked at the, the jab narrative. That all turned around because Aaron Rodgers came out and said that he was not jabbed. And, and at that point, it was okay 
to start asking questions. Mm -hmm. Now you look at college and professional athletes and in the United States, if people are sitting out, the Wake Forest quarterback is now sitting out with a non-football related injury. FIU just had a 22-year-old football player die last week. And we look at it and they say, okay, I looked up this, this morning. There's still no known cause of death. Police do not suspect foul play, but at 22 years old, you don't just start dying. So now there are going to be potential instances now of athletes and celebrities that are going to be out there in the news that are going to also allow there to be more cover. Like we're saying with Moderna going through and suing Pfizer, there are just an avalanche of things that could be happening to pin this onto Trump. Do we still have a cause of death for Hank Aaron yet? You know, one of the 10 most important athletes probably in American history. No. Got the, got the jab in January of 21 yeah. and was dead like, you know, just a matter of moments Why? later. No cause of death. Okay. Why connect dots, Steve? Okay. Do you remember? There, it was just months before COVID actually came down. There's video of Fauci on a panel talking about the thing we really need to advance vaccine science is, is a crisis and to get rid of some of the rules. Here comes COVID lockdowns mass none of it's gonna end until we get the vaccine what's a, they go to donald trump the president of the united states hey donald can you help us uh and of course donald trump what can i do to get out of the way absolutely let's make this happen let's save the world and the answer is now why did you pressure us of course they're gonna do this because it's that stupid so why, I don't even know why I try reason on any level anymore when you try buy, sell, or hold. The stupidest possible thing is exactly what they're going to do. And the only question what the cult remains is, I, there's so many neurotically obsessed. It's the followers I'm really interested about. They can't pivot like this. They are so broken. Mm-hmm. But the ones, the puppet masters at the top, damn right they will. They'll try anything. So we have Aaron's razor. It's just demonic, bro. We now have Todd's razor. It's just stupid, bro. It's the same razor. <laughs> it's the same razor. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Aaron. Here's here's what I could see happening because of everything that Todd just said. And thank you for laying that out as well. So I, I, I kind of don't have to do that. Here's what I could foresee happening as a likely attempt. I'm not sure if it'll be successful. They realize that just raiding Donald Trump's place, maybe handcuffing him on the golf course for records violations something uh, that's buried in you know uh u.s code 666 paragraph 4 line 3 is not really going to be as effective as saying we have the smoking gun donald trump personally asked the fda to ignore safety data and pushed these vaccines joe biden comes out some evening a year from now folks we need to talk about the vaccines as it turns out, they were not as safe and effective as we thought they were going to be solely because of the actions of the former president. So I am instructing the Department of Justice tonight to start an investigation of Donald Trump for crimes against humanity. It's more likely at this point, guys, because of how stupid and broken and evil and broken we are, that Donald Trump could be put on trial for crimes against humanity than any of the other Fiends like oh, I can make it Fauci. dumber. I can make it oh, dumber. Me too. Right. Because they're going to do this. It's but Kamala's going to do it. Oh, well. Because she's going to be president next year, and she's going to say in between cackles, uh, re- "I told you during the debates, I wouldn't trust a Trump vaccine." Oh, gosh. Oh, I can make it She'll dumber do yet. It. And president Kamala do, will do it. And they're going to do this all the while. It's going on right now. They're going to tell you to take the next jab that without human trials. Yes. It's all happening. 
Yeah. What happens if you took the J&J vaccine and then you needed to be boosted and you got Moderna or Pfizer? There's no way that they studied that. And they can also add that layer on top of, Correct. of all of this. Yep. And of course, the J&J vaccine is the one that they actually did issue the health warning for. Right. And then, yep. you know, and everybody knows Trump and Woody Johnson of Johnson and Johnson, J&J, Trump and the Jets owner, Woody Johnson, have been tight and best and, and besties for years. Remember, Trump brought him up on the stage at one of his rallies earlier this year. And here's my buddy, Woody. It was like, wasn't it the day that he got banned, that the, the jab yeah. got banned? Didn't the jab the get banned before, earlier or the day yeah. before or the day after? It was, yeah. it was right around that exact moment. And he's, and he's got a crap ton of money. I mean, this guy's got a lot of money, right? So no, wow! What a coincidence! The the jab created by the guy who's by the guy whose company the guy who owns the company who's close to Trump that's the one that gets the med warning. <laughs> Shocking development! The more and more we lay this out, I'm stupid. How did I ever doubt most of hey, this hi. year that they were not going to do this? How the more I because lay this all out, how did I doubt that they were going to do this? Here's the other part of this as well. I think it's probably safe to say everybody knows somebody. Or maybe a second tier of somebody. But I know, even personally, at least one person who has been impacted by the jabs. Sure. I think everybody's at that point. Yeah. So then if you lay this out, hey, these weren't as safe because of Donald Trump's actions, people immediately say aunt so-and-so, grandpa so-and-so, cousin so-and-so. They had so-and-so happen to them. It's Donald Trump. It's A lot more people know somebody injured by these jabs yeah. than, than died of COVID. Yeah. A lot more people do. All right, I'm going to switch up the exit question to make it simpler. Just make it a plain old true and false. Sorry if you're a Def Leppard fan. I had a Def Leppard question for you, and I'm sorry. I'm just going to make it true or false. True or false. Donald Trump will be able to successfully pivot away from the poisonous jabs before he is blamed for them. True or false? Aaron. False. False. Jill. False. He doesn't want to. That's right. It's poetry, man. It's, take it from somebody right who, there. He take it from somebody who was a strategist on a campaign trying to defeat Trump. He can pivot away from anything if he wants to. Like literally anything. If he wants like to. Like what he said yesterday. Yeah. All right. He's it's trying to nail Jello to a door. So the only way he cannot do it is if what Jill said is correct. He doesn't want to. That would be the only way. Alright, we'll come back. Is this an accurate assessment of the state of play? We will discuss next. Well, Jill had it right. College football season begins tomorrow. The most wonderful time of the year is here. High school football underway uh, either last week or this week uh, in uh, every part of the country as well. That means it is peak tailgate season, which means it's peak cooler season. Get your American-made lifetime warranty guaranteed premium cooler from our friends over at Tyga Coolers. Trust me. Uh, these guys are every bit as depressed by the same things we're depressed by as we are. They're laughing at the same stuff we're laughing at. This is another company that shares your values and also makes a tremendous product and one that they can also customize for you. So if you've got a particular picture or logo or message, provided it doesn't violate copyright or, you know, like obscenity, uh, they're happy to do that for you. Or maybe you're like, I just really wanted a good cooler. They're happy to do that for you too. And either way, you'll get 10% off when you use my name, Steve, as your promo code when you go to check out at tigacoolers.com. T-A-I-G-A, tigacoolers.com. Use the promo code Steve for 10% off. 
They do outstanding work. Uh, we've each gotten coolers from these guys, and they are phenomenal. So check them out. TaigaCoolers.com, promo code Steve for 10% off. Let's get to issue three. Tough, but fair. And it's this tweet from Jesse Kelly responding to somebody else who said, I hate to say it, but I have a lot of respect for the Democrats. They do what they want, when they want, and how they want. I have nothing but respect for that attitude. It's too bad they hold the views they do. Jesse, quote, tweets that saying, they play to win. I greatly admire it. If they weren't a demonic death cult, I'd join their team. Our loser mentality sickens me. So... I know all of us here on the panel this week either like or know or respect or some combination thereof Jesse and his work. So I thought this is fair game to discuss somebody else's meditate on the state of play. Do you or you agree or disagree with Jesse's take here on the overall state of play with things? Todd, I'll start with you. I absolutely agree. I listen again. Look at everything we just saw with the FBI. Uh, again, personally, p- pushing uh, my school district as far as I have, now I've shown up to just recreational events, and they've purposely had the cops wandering around just to try to intimidate me. Right? This, is, this is exactly how they operate. And unless we ratchet it up, it's not, it's not playing by their rules. Their rules are chaos. Jesse talks about, you know, they're, you know, demons from hell or whatever they are. You know, we have God on our side, but we need to let the lion out of its cage. And Steve talked yesterday about how poorly the church has been served in terms of, yeah, we're just accept everything, meet everybody where they are, but never ever, you know, when we are just being boot stomped over and over and over again. To simply draw any lines in the sand. We, we, Jesse is absolutely right. There should be a savageness to how our faith is applied. That savageness does not look the same as their savageness. But yes, it is full-on, aggressive, unapologetic, reality-defending here and no further. Aaron. Yeah, so I I think the loser mentality is very slowly but surely starting to shift, and that's a good thing. But overall, overall, it's absolutely correct, and I don't know how you can how you can argue with that. the The loser mentality of maybe ten to twenty years ago was just GOP God's own party. The loser mentality now is one that I deal with too. I'll just be honest, and I've spoken about this before. Things have to go back to normal. I mean, the, the rubber band has to snap back. That's a loser mentality. A winning mentality is uh, I have power in and of myself. I have the ability to impact things. And I think you see that the most with the school boards and what are happening there. That's a very positive thing. But a winning mentality is basically what was just spelled out there. Doing. 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 Not thinking. Not twiddling thumbs. Not just voting, but doing whatever that looks like in your own make, making your own local area as red as California is blue. That's the winning mentality. And Democrats do all the time. They do things they don't, aren't supposed to do uh, under the law because to them, the law is as law does. As I like to say, 
The only laws that matter are the ones that are actually enforced regardless of whether or not they're real. That's why they are so effective, is because they do whatever they want. Because to them, the only thing that matters is power. Now, we have to be constrained by morals, but that does not mean that our vigor and our strength necessarily uh, must be restrained. I mean, the strength has to be restrained. That's what meekness means. But strength uh, actually has to be put forward. I, I would like to have the conversation about re restraining ourselves someday. That would be a nice conversation to have. But overall, the winning mentality is just doing. And we've talked about all of the things that you can do individually before as well. So um, obviously, I don't know how you can how you can argue against Jesse's sentiment. Jill? To bring it back to football, you play to win the game. The GOP has played for so long just not to lose, not to offend. We just want to go out there and make peace with everybody. And by the way, my primetime lineup, if I could have one, would be Steve Dace, Tucker Carlson, and Jesse Kelly. That would red pill America in a matter of weeks mm. if we could get that out there. Uh, but what Jesse also says on his program, and I love it, he has dubbed them the low T GOP, mm. which is exactly what they are. We, yep. we are going out there and we're so scared of offending anybody. And there was a recent clip on CNN and the anchor and whoever she was interviewing, they were like, did you know the Republicans have a plan to take back the school boards? And it was like frightening to them, right? The fact that we are finally putting things together and creating victories for ourselves scares the crap out of these people. And it should, because it feels like we're at a moment in time right now where we are finally putting a loser mentality behind us. And if we have any chance of going through and saving this country, I know the red wave isn't going to save us, but we still have to go through and, and create these victories in our local communities to, to get this country back on track. When I hear the phrase low T Republicans, I find it fascinating that you're in an era right now where some of the boldest and um, I, I mean, I, I was having a conversation just about the film industry in general with my uh, my my film nefarious directors yesterday as we are talking regularly now that we're in the final few weeks of nefarious completion. And we just ended up having a general conversation about how we are all sick of the female hero trope. Just all of us are. Even my daughters are coming to me like, I'm so sick of the female hero trope. Okay. And, and yet when I hear Jill talk about the, the low T Republican reference from Jesse Kelly, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Borbert, right? I mean, these are the, you hear, you hear more from these people. I mean, they're not, yeah. they're not, they're not, they're not swatting Tim Scott's house. They're right. swatting, they're swatting right. Marjorie Taylor Greene's house two nights in a row, right? Yeah. And isn't that kind of exactly what Jesse Kelly's talking about? Yes, that's exactly what he's talking about. I, I like what, 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 Isaiah 1, where would you yet be struck before you understand that this is God's rules or chaos? You, you pick us up. There's no gray area. None. 
Zero. You keep lying to yourself and insisting that if you strum this beautiful rhetorical tune, David French, you know, but you're the guy sitting on the stairs at Animal House. We need more Bluto coming down and taking that damn guitar and slamming it against the wall because it's stupid and it goes nowhere. On, I also believe, the first Bluto reference in the history of this program. Let's get to the exit question. Uh, True or false? There isn't enough time left to preserve our way of life to turn the Republican Party into the vehicle it actually needs to be. Aaron. False. Todd. False. Jill. False. Interesting. Okay. Let's get to issue four. Our kicker question this week, pick a new Senate majority leader because one is coming. That's pretty obvious. Um... So let's assume my prediction from earlier this year that Ditch will retire if the GOP wins back control of the Senate. Let's assume that comes true. Then who from among the current GOP Senate roster, which you can also include people that would be getting elected this year, although the, uh, you know, the likelihood that you go from I just got elected to majority leader is not high, but you know they could potentially be on the GOP Senate roster this time next year, right? Or in January. From whom, pick from whom among that GOP Senate roster... If you could handpick one to replace Ditch McConnell, whom would it be and why? Aaron. Mitt Romney. I just want... I'm serious. I just... I want the dead... What are the name of the Kardashian sisters, Aaron? I want the dead... Because of how I just answered the the previous exit question, I think if you get Mitt Romney as Senate... If you go from Mitch McConnell to Mitt Romney as Senate Majority Leaders, the dead, decaying carcass, the whitewashed tomb that is the GOP... I see where you're going. ...once and for all be laid bare for all to see. I think that would help speed up the transition from GOP being just a managed decay to uh, GOP being a uh, a vehicle for change. So... You're, this is it. You're get busy living or get busy dying. Yep. Take. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm, dude. I'm, I'm all I, for so, letting letting it get really bad, yeah. so people will actually do something about it. I yeah, love that strategy. I, I would definitely be talked into Rand Paul, though. He is just. I think there is a vindictiveness about him that he holds for for certain people. Mm-hmm. I think would make him very effective. Todd. Yeah, Rand was going to be my answer. I hope he's learned his lesson from pairing. Well, that might be a bit of strong. Um, when he kind of connected himself to Ditch. Well, he did. Yeah, That's, yeah. That we, we thought in yeah, the Bevin campaign that he, we, we would get his endorsement, and he had cut a deal with right. Mitch McConnell that he would not endorse Republicans against Republican Senate incumbents and primaries. And then Ted Cruz and Mike Lee cut the same deal, yeah. too, when they got elected. And yes. he's, he's weird and his dad's son enough that he would go the places that I think we would need him to go. Okay. Jill, what about you? Exactly what Todd just said. Rand Paul, because of the way that he has acted on COVID and then hoping that some of Father Ron's views would also kind of rub off onto Rand. But I grew up in Iowa, as many people here watching this now know, uh, and Jan Michelson was one of the legendary broadcasters back in the state when I was growing up. And he would always say, how did you come to your worldview? Can I trust you? And for me, looking at Rand, he might be one of the only ones that that would both fit into I want you as a leader and because of the way that he came to his worldview. Mm. So you think there's some solidity there that even if in in, in a few areas where you don't agree, you at least respect where he is coming from. It's not just rando or who got on the phone with him or who wrote a check or et cetera. Yeah, I can see that. And knowing what I know of him and his operation uh, over the years, I, I think that's an accurate assessment. 
what about the most likely scenario here that Trump will make Rick Scott Republican Senate Majority Leader in place of Mitch as basically another guy who's kind of a glorified rhino, but he, but you know, he's desperate for power and will do Trump's bidding. Would you see that as a defined upgrade over what we have right now? Eh. Well, yes. Yeah, yes. I, we just, I mean, we just ripped Tim Scott recently in a Rick. column, but uh, he's... Wait, Rick Rick Scott or Tim Scott? Rick Scott of Oh, Florida. I'm sorry. I oh, Tim Scott on the yeah. brain. I apologize. Yeah. Oh, dear no, God. That's okay. No, that's not an upgrade. Because I think Rick Scott's going to be Trump's Kevin McCarthy in the Senate. That's where I think you're being set up for. Aaron? Yeah, no. Jill? I'll, I'll pass. Okay. So you guys, because that's kind of the debate right now on the right. I mean, why don't we just, if, if these people are just total political horrors and they'll do Trump's bidding, then, you know, that's great because most of the time Trump will do what we want him to do. That's right. That's kind of the, mm. the new strategy right now. That's the art of the well, deal strategy. In theory, this is like that general election candidate versus then you see yeah. the actual person that's going to fit it. And I'm not, okay. not that guy. All right, let's get your predictions. Todd, you're up. Uh, listen, I'm not trying to hurt you. I swear. Are you not? I'm you not, are not going to name I will the Kardashian you. sisters, no, are you? But okay. I will hurt you because if you take this whole thing with Trump and the vaccines to its logical conclusion, the, if they really ratchet it up to 11 and the panic they create, I think there is a very real possi possibility that there is a pause in the middle of the NFL and college football season because they're terrified of myocarditis. Oh. I don't think that that's outrageous. No. Didn't we have just a, a Scottish cycling champion, 37 yeah. years right. old, just died in his sleep yeah. just the other night? So now there's been much more hesitancy for the vaccine within the, with NFL circles than probably almost any other major sport in the world. But I would imagine the college players, I would imagine they all lined up to take it, you know? 21 years old. I'm just going to trust, you know, that my coach knows best or my AD knows best, right? Aaron. Tomorrow, Northwestern will cover the first half spread, but North, uh, I'm sorry, Nebraska will cover the uh, whole game spread. I just think they have too many horses in the second half. Weather's going to be nice over there as well uh, to be able for, for Northwestern to be able to keep up. I think you're probably right, but dude, I, I mean, you offered me much plus 420 odds to bet against Scott Frost winning a football yeah. game on the money line. I had to put like 50 bucks on that just on just a principled play. Much more okay. confidence in the first half bet than I am. All right, Jill, go ahead. There are a lot of Nebraska fans over there. I already see pictures. Uh, my prediction is that Ben will grow up with such a love of baseball that he will have aspirations oh. of playing in the Little League world. Oh, man. Ah. Had a girl. That is, I should have made uh. you go last. We should have ended on that one. Do you know how much after the show yesterday, I just kept pondering that that happened? It was one of the most beautiful and horrendous things simultaneously I've, gotten, I've ever heard. I've gotten more notes and, and tweets. You know what? That's, that's your version of Trump dunking on McCain for being a POW. <laughs> People are all offended and appalled, but at the same time, yes. damn it, I'm glad someone actually <laughs> saying stuff like that again. I respect it. You know? It's insanely terrible. Tell, tell me, but I'm thank not, you for saying it again. Tell me I'm not right, though. Tell me I'm not right. I don't think you're right, actually. I, yeah. Yeah. I want to see. see I, I want to see middle-aged Aaron wandering out to the mound and yelling at the, at the Little League World Series yep. here. Yeah. But, but what what matters is that I think I'm right and that I am right. 
That's America these days. Yes. Tremendous. Uh, my prediction is uh, going to be a little less anticlimactic. I think Blake Masters and Kari Lake are both going to win in Arizona. And I think you are going to see Arizona become the next Florida. That's what I think. The next uh, state that has been kind of swingy, that people flirted with going uh, deep blue and then just saw this poop is insane and the rubber band snaps back hard right the other way that's what i think you're going to see happen in november groovy jill and if you have that and then uh greg abbott has to go along further right with them no he doesn't you won't have a choice you would think but no he doesn't all right good to see you jill as always have a great weekend enjoy the college football and memorize those kardashian sisters (laughs) you got it we'll come back and uh, get to feedback friday here in a moment Back with Hour 2, live and on demand right here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. And you can email us and let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Email the show, steve at stevedace.com. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. Look for me as well on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace. And then you can also find clips of the show free to watch and free of any censorship whatsoever when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show as well. Thank you to all of you that are podcast aficionados. You're a big part of our audience. Please, if you've yet to do so, leave us a five-star review and hit subscribe or like. By the way, if you've got a question that you'd like to have considered for the next Ask Me Anything that's coming up on Monday, drop it in your five-star review and you will go to the front of the line for consideration by Todd for our next AMA. Thanks to all of you that have left us those reviews. Hit subscribe, hit follow. We appreciate your sacrifice, your offering to the algorithmic gods to help our uh, podcast rating. We appreciate each and every one of you. This portion of the show brought to you by Patriot Mobile. You know, millions of Americans are waking up to a country that they just don't seem to recognize. And while you are struggling to raise your families, pay your bills, you've got media and corporations telling you that uh, you're what's wrong with the country right now. And thankfully, there are still some companies left in America that are, well... American. Not a lot, but there's a few. And thankfully, one of them comes in an industry that we all pretty much have to do business with these days to thrive in modern society, and that is our mobile phone, which is why you want to make the switch now to our friends at Patriot Mobile. They've removed all the excuses, and believe me, I use them too. Well, you know, I don't want to sacrifice signal quality. They all pretty much use the same towers these days, so that will not happen. Well, it'll be a big hassle. We got multiple lines in the home. They did that for me as well. Wasn't a big hassle at all. They have a fantastic customer service team. If you're a veteran or first responder, let them know. When you go to make the switch, they'll make sure to give you bigger discounts as a way of saying thank you for your service. For the rest of us, you can use the promo code STEVE to get a free activation. When you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve, Again, that's patriotmobile.com slash Steve or call them at 972-PATRIOT. You guys ready for some Feedback Friday? Yes. All right, let's begin. My name is Park Adamson, and for years I've been an executive in corporate America. I'm writing to encourage you and your team to continue fighting the good fight because even if the feedback doesn't always make it back to the show, you're having an impact. Let me give you my personal example. Shortly after President Biden's handlers declared the vaccine mandate. I like that. I, did you see what he said this morning? I'm taking control and I'm not supposed to do that. I can't do that, they tell me. He said that this morning in the middle of a press avail. Yeah. 
Uh, shortly after President Biden's handlers declared the vaccine mandate for the workplace, the top leadership at my employer decided to preempt the official date and roll out their version of a mandate immediately. The following Monday, my boss held his weekly staff meeting, announcing that new rules would be rolled out within a few days. The plan was to publicly ostracize the unvaccinated by making them physically isolate from their coworkers, wear masks at all times, and undergo regular COVID testing. I expressed my concerns on multiple fronts. As the operations leader for the business segment, my responsibilities included a Southern factory with more than a thousand employees. Roughly 70% of those employees are black and roughly 70% of them are unvaccinated. We were creating a visible two-class system that would impact a large majority population. It felt indefensible. Beyond the impact on my employees specifically, I felt the mandate was immoral for reasons you understand well. The most powerful people in the company planned to coerce thousands of their employees to accept a medical treatment they didn't agree with. Given that statement, it might surprise you to know that I was fully vaccinated at the time. I got two shots of the Pfizer original version of the injection. My personal choice to take the vaccine didn't make the coercion any more acceptable. In fact, I found it appalling. Five minutes or less after the staff meeting ended, the CEO of the company reached out to me via video to tell me the company was moving forward with a mandate. It was a pointed statement in what became a difficult conversation when I shared my opinion on the morality of the policy. It went downhill quickly, and I was told that if I could not get behind the plan, I would be allowed and expected to exit the company via retirement. I don't think he expected me to take that route. But I did, and the call ended quickly. From the policy rollout in the staff meeting to the end of the conversation with the CEO, no more than 30 minutes had passed. I was reeling. To give you context, I've been with the firm for more than 17 years at that point. I'd been VP for more than a dozen. Since joining, I'd led the operations of a billion-dollar billion business segments and for years was responsible for more than 3,000 employees. It stung. By the way, guys, only less, less than 5% of businesses in America have more than 500 employees. Less than like 5% of them do. So this is a major corporation we're talking about here. It stung because I'm totally a guy and get affirmation from my job. And because departing the company at that point brought a significant financial penalty to my wife and me as we prepared for our eventual retirement. To finish the story, I was working from home and immediately told my wife what had happened. She was as shocked as I was, but completely supportive. A bit later, we called my oldest daughter to tell her. During that call, my phone lit up with a call from the CEO. I excused myself from my daughter and took it. Like the first one, it was short. But unlike the first one, it was positive. He told me the company had changed course and would wait to see how the issue played out in the courts. I was no longer expected to retire. I thanked him for the decision and the call. He shared that my comment on immorality had stung him personally since the final decision was his to make and that he had reacted emotionally. The call ended well and I was reeling again, but in a better direction. I still don't know how much my decision to leave rather than enforce a mandate mattered, but I was grateful to God for the outcome. Why do I tell you this? Because your show played a big part in it. I've been listening to you guys since 2007 when I lived and worked in central Iowa. In 2020, when COVID struck, my wife and I followed you closely and appreciated the use of data to judge policy decisions by governments and companies. You and your team provided some of our only clear and clearly Christian analysis that we could find, and we leaned into it. When the CEO called that day, I had no time to gather data or compose some deep intellectual response. What I did have was months of work from you, Todd and Aaron, deconstructing the mainstream COVID narrative and exhorting your listeners to stick to first principles. You guys gave us knowledge and conviction when my time in the crucible arrived. 
I am grateful to you all and give glory to God for what you guys do. Please know that despite our comfort, and I am tragically comfortable, dude, raise your hand if you want to reach a point in life where you're like, I am tragically comfortable here. (laughs) (laughs) Me! I'm in. Okay. Uh, Tragically comfortable. Add that to the name of great garage band names. Tragically comfortable. Not exactly loaded diaper, but I like tragically comfortable, right? Okay. We are listening out here and you guys are having an impact. Keep fighting that good fight and know that you guys are in the prayers of many. God bless Park Adamson. P.S. Because of you, when I contracted the Omicron variant in January, despite quote unquote being fully vaccinated, I already had the array of therapeutics from the Frontline COVID Critical Care Alliance on the shelf, ready to go. I was past the illness in two days. Thanks again. This is the secret sauce. This is, this is why I got out of the hand-to-hand, race-by-race primary business. And I got into the radicalization of the audience business. If you like candidates like J.D. Vance and Blake Masters and Kari Lake, I'm just telling you, they're not unique. We have had candidates like this in major primaries my entire career. Maybe the maybe they were a different stripe. It wasn't MAGA, wasn't the branding. Maybe it was Tea Party or it was conservative or Reagan conservative. They, 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 there's been different brandings and stripings of these kinds of candidates, but they have always been in these races. It's just that the people were not properly enough radicalized for them to be successful. And so they often got like single digits or then if it, if it looked like they were going to have a chance to win, the party would then run another quote unquote conservative in the race to split the vote so their hackneyed candidate could win instead. It, it crushed me when I came to the conclusion that the people are the problem. But then the Lord showed me that also means that they are the solution. And that becomes very empowering. Park here didn't have to make the decision whether to vote for Mehmet Oz for Senate, whether to vote for John McCain or Mitt Romney for president to save America. He potentially, Park, frankly, <laughs> your employees, dude, owe you a debt of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You saved some lives. And even if they wouldn't have had sudden adult death syndrome, Maybe you, you saved them time on the back end of life to get to be grandpa because the heart inflammation didn't hit them now and take that tread off their tires that they'll pay for 20 years from now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You saved families and lives with this park is what you did. Your employees should be thanking you. And it didn't require what we have spent most of conservative media and the conservative movement. How many Republicans can we get to win What's the best Republican for the job? How much do I contort my soul into pretzel knots when my guy or gal doesn't win to vote for the one who just maybe hates me a little less, but probably actually more than what the Democrat is? Park didn't have to wrestle with any of that. Dude literally just went, here I stand, I can do no more. May God have mercy on my soul. My answer is no. 
Political parties are not change agents. Political movements are not change agents. They're the results of change agents. They're the manifestations of them. Democrats didn't go from the racist party of slavery to the party that got over 90% of black voters all of our lives because they just decided black people were cool. But because John F. Kennedy did the math one day, picked up the phone and called Martin Luther King Jr. and said, you're a viable political entity. I'm going to mainstream you. And yeah, I'm probably sympathetic to your cause. But you weren't a viable political enough entity for me to be sympathetic to it 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. These two things kind of go together. We're not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will, and we always will be. Here we have a guy who risked his, quote, tragically comfortable life. And in one half hour, without drawing it out, going to a flow chart, just instinctively said, that's going to be a no for me, Doc, but thanks. Not doing it. He stopped his CEO from making a decision that he probably would have ended up regretting the rest of his life. This also goes to what we were talking about yesterday on Theology Thursday, that the empathy only goes one way. The empathy only goes to, we just say yes to the downtrodden. I'm all for saying yes to the downtrodden. Thanks to the success of Fauci and Bargain, I gave more money to charity last year than I've ever been able to afford to give in my life. My family, we try to volunteer when our church does all the fun outreachy things that we can fit into our schedule. We try to volunteer for as much of that stuff as we can. Can't always do it, but if we can, we try to make a point out of it. At this point, who's more downtrodden than the vaccine injured? I've... I've done as much as I can with my own platform to help say yes to them. Daniel and I concocted a book to give them a platform to say yes to them. But part of the empathy swings the other way. We also say no to them sometimes. Now, I think we actually say yes more often than no. If it seems like I'm hammering the no point right now, remember, you're dealing with the guy who thinks cookie dough is a food group and Taco Bell is real Mexican food. And, and college football is a three-month vacation. I, I, am, I like to say yes. <laughs> I didn't, I've not lost over 30 pounds this year because I hate to say yes. I love yes. I love it. Okay? And God's heart tilts to yes. But it doesn't always stay at yes. If it was always at yes, there would not need to be a hell. We wouldn't need prisons. You got to make sure you get all the right no's. Yes. I'm just saying no a lot. I'm I'm featuring and and focusing on no right now because we're not saying it like at all. We're way out of bounds here. We're way out of balance here. Dude, we've nailed the love of Jesus thing. We've stuck the landing on that. We've built all these posh palaces in the suburbs and community centers and, and car shows and community outreaches. They got it, man. They come to us when they need help. They come to us when they're in trouble. We nailed that part. We nailed that. And I'm not saying that's bad or wrong. 
You know, when the, Jesus says to the Pharisees, when, when, they're, when they go too far the other way, he says, you know, guys, tell, you guys tithe on every ounce of spice right out of the law. That's great. He doesn't tell them not to do that. He doesn't tell them not to follow the law. But he says, you have followed the letter of the law while rejecting the spirit of it. You're out of context. You're out of balance. We are the other way. I just, the, the experience I had at Calvary Chapel Church in Chattanooga, my wife and I are still talking about it. It was three and a half weeks ago. They put a restaurant with an in-house chef in the church. Doesn't get much more outreachy than that, dude. And the food's like really good. And yet, while being very outreachy, they thought, we're kind of comfortable letting this Steve Dace guy come and talk. That's an example of what I mean. Don't give up doing the nice, good stuff. Don't stop doing that. But don't just do that. This culture desperately needs us to say no for its own good. Park saved the conscience of his CEO. And maybe his bank account. He's not looking at, he's not looking at a lawsuit now from an employee who got vaccine injured because you coerced me into taking it. And since I can't sue the vaccine manufacturer, son of a gun, I'm suing you. Maybe save the damn company. Save the conscience of a CEO, save the lives or the length or standard of living of how many employees, who knows, their children. And he didn't do it by just saying yes. Sometimes we do it by saying no. The Lord chastens, disciplines those whom he loves. He did not give Moses a sequence of 10 no statements because he didn't love the Jewish people, but because he uniquely did. So I know we, we joke a lot. Understand at times, it's a show. As the great prophet Snoop Dogg once said, it's show business, okay? So when we talk about loving no, it, we're, it, some of the things we do say we really mean, but we'll add rhetorical flourish to them rather than just you're reading a textbook. This is a show. It's not the Steve Day Seminar. Okay? It's the Steve Day Show. You don't follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Seminar. You follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show. It's a show. My kids know I love to say yes, which is why when I say no, it means something. It gets their attention when I say no, because I love to say yes. It's okay to love to say yes. In fact, there's something kind of wrong with us if our, if our immediate instinct doesn't incline to actually doing that, right? I mean, you had a God who died for his enemies, Spared not only, not even his own son when you didn't deserve it. Mercy triumphs over judgment. It, there's something, we're, we're kind of not getting the, the, the faith thing right. If our heart's default setting doesn't immediately want to go to yes. If, if we're not tempted to say yes too often, that means maybe something's wrong the other way. But we need to be taught and encouraged when to say no. 
Because when we, as Todd just put it, when we say no in the right places and in the right situations, that has all the love of every yes you could say to. I didn't tell my my youngest daughter, Zoe, that she couldn't drive up to Iowa State University to see her boyfriend who's in college there now until she drove my happy rear end up there and back so I could see for myself that she could handle that drive. I didn't give her that restriction because I don't love her because I do more than my own life. This was a great act of empathy that Park did here. And he did it by saying no. They need to hear no, guys. They need to. If they don't hear no from us, they're going to say yes to terrible things, guys. They are saying yes. And they are saying yes to terrible things. Do you guys want to add anything to that? Oh. Yeah, well, I mean... Kind of speaks for itself. I, I will say this as well, too, and it's it's hard to speculate, but I was just almost euphoric listening to that because, as you said, that is the secret sauce. And we don't know either. Do you think that CEO is the only CEO he knows? That CEO knows other people, mm. knows other CEOs as Excellent well. Point. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing about this vaccine issue? Well, I was going to, but dot, dot, dot. Because one guy just said, okay, let's find out. Let's find out. The mm-hmm. ripple effect God can use in just read the Bible. I mean, honestly, I know that sounds cliche. Read the Bible and look at the ripple eff- effects that God, you can just see God's handiwork at play. God can use, God can use one little act in just incredible ways. I think this, uh, this note is indicative of that. I'll just remind you that being a male, being a man, is not a leisure pursuit. And in this moment, that was all crystallized by the action he took. How much was, yes, sacrificed, put on the table, but our faith is based in sacrifice. So not not escaping that was doing exactly what you were called to do it was holy and that's why being excellent excellent word that's why that's why being man is not fundamentally about leisure it can be the dessert and it can come in many different forms they cannot be the main meal amen amen i i I, You know why we sweat out who wins all these primaries? Because we're not properly radicalized. You know why Democrats don't sweat out who wins all their primaries? Because they are properly radicalized. That's why. In, in reality, it shouldn't matter whether Mehmet Oz or Kathy Barnett wins the Pennsylvania Senate primary. I mean, it really shouldn't. Even though Kathy Barnett clearly has a dramatically different worldview from a conviction standpoint than Mehmet Oz. But the transactional way that politics works... If the constituents are properly radicalized, Mehmet wouldn't dare step to you. Would not freaking dare. Wouldn't dare. The problem is we're not properly radicalized. We don't say no. 
We don't, we, we wait for Mehmet Oz to come to us and tell us what his terms are. No, 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 no. You go to him and you tell him what they're going to be. You tell him what they are. Hey, I want your, you know, we, we want your next show to be about why gender reassignment said surgeries, butchery. And drag queen story time hour with kids is a, is immoral and uh, people ought to be arrested. That's our price for a U.S. Senate seat. We good? They do that on the other side and they don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have Jesus. They're godless. They're blasphemers. So then what's the excuse for why they have more conviction than we do? Park answered that for you too. Tragically comfortable. That's the excuse. And it's just so much more comforting to listen to my favorite show. Yuck it up with Hannity. Vote GOP. And think I saved America in between being tragically comfortable. That's a much more leisure pursuit than citizenship actually is. Here's what citizenship looks like. First of all, thank you guys for being a voice of reason during the last few years. When COVID interrupted our daughter's schooling, we really started paying attention to what our local school board in Duval County, Florida was doing. One year ago today, on August 23rd, our school board held an emergency meeting at 2.30 in the afternoon, while most parents were at work, to vote on a mask mandate for kids in the public schools. Despite an overwhelming response by local parents who took off work early and showed up to voice their opinion that we did not accept this, they voted to approve it anyway, with only a medical exception. Shortly thereafter, there was a gathering of local parents frustrated with what our school board was doing. We met a mom who decided she was going to challenge one of the board members for her seat. Even though she was not running in our district, my wife and I knew that we had to support her effort. We couldn't vote for her, but we did everything else in our power to help her get elected. We gathered signatures to get her on the ballot, donated money to her campaign, told everyone who could vote for her to please do so. Tonight, exactly one year to the day of that infamous emergency school board meeting, our candidate won. And by doing so, flipped the majority of our school board to Republican for the first time. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that th that will automatically change things overnight, but it's a step in the right direction. Your motto last year inspired us. The answer is us, and it starts by change at the local level. I want to thank you and your team for what you are doing. I'm sure you hear that often, but I doubt you guys will ever know the extent of the necessary work that you are all doing. That is from Dustin Reed. Brother, we got to thank you. This isn't even your school district. So this again, the empathy goes both ways. Loving your neighbor as you love yourself is not just giving him or her the shirt off your back. Welcoming them with hospitality. But it works the other way too. Chastening those whom you love as the Lord chastens you. When you're out of bounds, when you're undisciplined. That's what you did here. This is every bit the act of love to your neighbor as feeding and clothing him is. Every bit. For the same being who is love in his essence and died for your sins. If you reject what he did to you or did for you, will let you spend eternity in hell separated from him. Because he's also a God of justice too. So when is he loving? When he punishes you 
or when he forgives you? Yes. Yes is the answer. Yeah, sense a theme here in the email inbox. I do, and I yep. like it. This is what this this is how you change things. The previous model of let's hope we can get a Ron DeSantis to win every primary. First of all, cultures even in their best moments don't produce like a fleet of these guys anyway. Okay. The odds that you can litter the entire expensive GOP primary process with these kinds of guys, not high. But you know what you can do? No. No, I'm not doing that. No. No, we're not going to go along with it. Not participating. Not doing it. No. Not to mention, your point was so dead on, Steve, what you just said about uh, spending all, all the time being comfortable listening to Hannity. It's not specifically about him, but think about, think about since the genesis of Fox News, when we mainstreamed sitting around as appointment television from 6 until 10 p.m. at night, mm-hmm. so-called conservative programming, mm-hmm. that's when... The bottom of the slippery slope was reached. The very people sitting there and drinking from that fire hose, if they were instead during that time being at the city council meetings and the school board meetings, when those things are going on, doing, instead of just listening, we'd be in a far different place right now. Far different place. It's because it's not, you turned conservative activism into a leisure pursuit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to buy my favorite conservative heroes books. Yeah. I just got to listen to their shows, get all worked up, you know, maybe send an email or talk to a buddy at the bar or the next time that my friends are over and then vote GOP in November. That's all I have to do. Man, why didn't the founders think of that? Just bypass the entire Lexington and Concord thing, the whole don't fire to the whites of their eyes, Bunker Hill, you know, uh, Valley Forge. Why, why did they sit there and freaking starve in the chill of Valley Forge? Why just fire up some Hannity, get all worked up, and then go back home to their wives because they expended some frustration? So we're good here. The Redcoats will hear our angst and respond. Sounds kind of dumb when you put it like that, right? Very. But that's pretty much been the last 30 years of activist strategy on the right, is what I just laid out. Speaking of loving to say yes, make sure you say yes to our friends over at Built Bar because actually, if you do that, it'll help you say no to the stuff that you need to later on. Because if you've got a sweet tooth like me, you can't out-train a bad diet, right? So your fitness level may be high, but the belly fat might be too if you can't get the diet under control. And when I say diet, I don't, I'm not talking about, you know, white knuckling. I mean like a healthier lifestyle, okay? Uh, and Built Bar is the perfect substitute for that. It's as good, if not better, than the vast majority of candy bars that are out there on the market. So many great flavors. You won't believe this is a protein bar. You won't believe this will fit into, I've gotten notes from diabetics, notes from people on Weight Watchers, et cetera. Fits into all these various programs, low in carbs, low in calories, low in sugar, packed with protein, packs a wallop from a flavor standpoint. So many great flavors, all covered in real chocolate to choose from. Especially my personal favorite, chocolate chip cookie dough chunk. Get it right now, 15% off your first order or your next one or your next, 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 next one. Uh, when you go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T, built.com, promo code DACE. 
Take 15% off when you do. Built.com. Promo code DACE for Built Bar. All right, back to Feedback Friday. This is from Jackie Mason. When you close each show with John 317, I tend to say it out loud to affirm that it's truth. This is not as well known of a verse as its favored predecessor. Could you give a little sermon on why you end the show with that? I faithfully started listening post-Rush era, so maybe you've already shared it, but as a new listener, I'd really love to know. You actually kind of answered your question within your question. Because this is actually uh, John three sixteen and, and 17, and much of that John chapter 3 is part of a conversation that Jesus has with a uh, high-ranking member or respected member of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, who, in secret, basically, he's, I guess we'll, we'll say, interested, maybe, curious uh, about Jesus' teachings, who he is, where he came from, by what power is he performing these great deeds? And so uh, he basically comes to see him in secret one evening. And they have a theological conversation back and forth. One of Israel's greatest, great teachers at the time with Israel's Messiah. And they have a, a, a conversation back and forth. And of course, the money phrase that comes out of this conversation in John chapter 3 is what every previous generation of America would have told you was their favorite Bible verse. And when Todd and I were growing up, it was omnipresent at every sporting event. Somebody held up a sign that said, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave it as he gave it his only begotten son, that whomsoever will believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. But as much as that, I think provides a poignant and eloquent and sufficient snapshot of the heart of God. The next verse, I think, even adds more clarity. Because you have to remember, Jesus is speaking to a member of the Sanhedrin, who really governed the people under the Roman authority, as well as the Tetrarch, who at this point in time is Herod. But the, the Sanhedrin was given extraordinary religious freedom apart from emperor or Roman pantheon worship that almost no other foreign religious entity throughout the entire Roman empire was given. So this was a very powerful body within the hearts and minds of the people. And there was a lot of controversy because he had a lot of combative conversations with them. And Jesus says to one of their most important figures for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that through him, the world may be saved. The division that you see I am causing is to push and prompt you to salvation. It's the exact conversation we were just having. God incarnate, God with us, Emmanuel, Christ is saying, the buttons I'm pushing, the division I'm causing, is for your benefit. It is not a needless point. We're not just arguing and debating just to argue and debate. I didn't come to bring peace but a sword just for the purpose and sake of being divisive. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that through him the world would be saved. And I think when you add that second verse, just this is my own personal take, 
I can't quote any great theologian. It's the Steve Day show, and I like it. I think when you add that second verse, it I think it adds to the totality of what John 3.16 ultimately means. Great question. I'm surprised I don't get asked that more often, actually. Randy Buckspan, MD, writes, just a thought about COVID treatments. I wonder if all the naysayers would be up in arms if hydroxychloroquine was first found useful for COVID, but then was recommended off-label for malaria. Or if ivermectin was first found useful for COVID, but was then recommended off-label for river blindness. Why no outrage over the use of anti-hypertensive uh, medications that we now use for baldness? He names it. I just can't pronounce it, so I won't try. Uh, maybe I will. Minioxidil? Minioxidil, maybe is what it is. I don't know. It's smarter than me. That's what it is. But his point is, hey, we've got this anti-hypertensive medication. We let people use it for baldness. Or the anti-pulmonary artery hypertensive solidnophil that we now use for erectile dysfunction. I think we know the answers to these questions. Thanks for your leadership. These are great questions, Doc. If the order was reversed, if here's what he's saying. Let me translate this for you. <clears throat> if if they had, if Merck had originally, the original manufacturer of ivermectin, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> who won a they, Merck won an, a Nobel Prize for ivermectin in 2015 for what it did for river blindness. If Merck had originally created ivermectin as an antiviral, cutting-edge antiviral during COVID, so in the last year and a half, and then decided, then it was found off-label, it helped with river blindness, no one would say, stop using it for river blindness, right? Mm -hmm. Because it had already made them trillions of dollars as a cutting-edge antiviral during a pandemic. That's what he's saying. He's pointing out that the, the reason why these drugs hydroxychloroquine has been fda approved since the 60s the reason why these drugs long known to be safe reliable are being condemned now is because they're cheap and available they're not cutting edge technologies so there's no there's really no new money to be made i think we did an exercise didn't we do one last year before the, when, when before all the uh, pharmacists stopped filling the prescriptions, didn't we go on? Didn't I live on the air go on GoodRx.com, and I could have gotten like a full allotment of of ivermectin for like twenty bucks or something at mm -hmm. Walmart, yeah. right? Yeah. Didn't I think I did this like live on the air one yeah. day, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's no money to be made in that. No money to be made. At least not not at the level. I mean, there's a lot of money to be made healing the world during COVID with hydroxychloroquine at sixty cents uh, a pill. Okay but not the kind of money to be made with a cutting edge technology that you got billions to create in the first place. And then you gave, then you were given trillions afterwards to continue using the amount of volume and hydroxychloroquine tablets they'd have to sell to make up for just one round of COVID vaccines at the help with government coercion for just the original strain before we even got to all the, uh, the, the boosters and everything else pales by comparison. That's what Dr. Buckspan is pointing out here. Pharma is not healthcare. It's not medicine. It is a leisure pursuit. That's why all that money is necessary. So the World Economic Health Forum and what's your, the guy that whose name that terrible, creepy, awful guy that's the you're, you're talking about Klaus Schwab or her, or the other, Yuval the, Harari Yuval Harari who's his uh, the, false that, who's Leon Fortunato yeah. basically so that guy says you know humans aren't basically entirely uh, unnecessary 
you know, that it is it is the leisure class who pushes this, who says and believe these things. So I, 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 I connecting the notion of lost malehood to comfort and leisure. Well, since we've lost that malehood, it should make us not be surprised at all that pharma has become the thing it is because that price point is about pushing a lifestyle and a leisure pursuit. And it is a apocalyptic one at that symbiotic relationship between the morality of a people and the pharmaceutical industry is is quite astonishing at some point in history i don't even want to take a stab at when that was i'm sure at some point the pharmaceutical industry really was driven by healing driven by the need to heal what can we compound what treatments can we use why does the human body interact with different things the way uh, ways the, the ways that it does and what can be done about some of the harmful impacts of fill in the blank? I'm sure there's a great deal of empathy and good naturedness within certain aspects of the pharmaceutical industry a long time ago. But at some point, at some point, they went trans. Yep. At some point. They decided whether it was their own volition or because the people that they were servicing decided the body that God gave me is not really good enough. So I'm going to pollute it with uh, saturated fats or uh, I'm not going to take care of it. OK, have it your way, big, uh, you know, Burger King. So we've got a drug. We've got a drug for this. We've got a drug for that. For all of these symptoms of the root issue, which is... Uh, you know, uh, this is not really the temple of, of God here. Mm-hmm. Eventually, some, somewhere along the line, that symbiotic relationship, that switch happened. And I don't know when that happened. Maybe it's always been like that. I, I don't know. But it really is the pharmaceutical industry as it exists right now. Yes, there are some, praise the Lord, some good drugs out there as well. Some good, good things. But Like ivermectin all, that like they created Iver- in 2015. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There are some good things, but that's not really what's being pushed. You can, you know, a, a, a tree by its fruit. The fruit of of what we have right now is basically the same thing as trans ideology. We're going to help you. We're going to affirm the body that you want, not the body that was given to you. This is what Eisenhower's warning about. We come off the Manhattan Project as famous, you know. Uh, going away speech, um, you know, about the military industrial complex. We quoted it in Fauci and Bargain, the part that's often been left out when he t- when he warns about ex- a coming expert class of super mm-hmm. scientific bureaucrats who will be beyond right. reproach. It was very prophetic. Right. OK. And we live in an age where, frankly, we can't we can't do. Public health Manhattan projects, we can't handle it. Operation Warp Speed created this fascism. Because what it did is it for, is 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 now there, who regulates the regulators? They own the government's in the biz, in business with the very entities it's supposed to be regulating. So we can't we can't we can't pit them against one another. Hey, corporations get too far out of bounds. We bring in the regulators to punish them. Government goes way over the top. Okay, uh, and 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 won't serve us. Then you know we we give our money to private entities in order to create a more competitively beneficial exercise. They're the same unit now. We can't play them off each other. 
And Operation Warp Speed took that relationship that was kind of already trending that way anyway, as Aaron pointed out, though. But it cemented it overnight, like the trans movement. I mean, we went from... Uh, we went from we did 40 years of activism on homosexuality in about 40 months on the trans movement okay and that's what operation warp speed did here the same entity that's supposed to be regulating and monitoring these companies is investing in them and then and then promoting them incessantly i mean even before they did the mandates in september you could not watch a show with a commercial break in america that was not all these jabs so the so government that's supposed to be regulating these companies gets in bed with them, invests in them, shields them from liability, incessantly promotes their products, and then coer- tries to coercively force you to take them. That's fascism, guys. The next time a Republican comes to you with an idea for a public-private partnership, hang him in effigy. We can't, we can't do any... We just live in an era that we can't do those anymore. I'm sorry, we can't. We have to have corporations and government at loggerheads with each other. The the, the sinful temptation to just create a unibrow fascist enterprise out of those relationships is too great. They've demonstrated they can't handle it. So don't sign up for any more of them. They have to be at odds. Otherwise, you and I pay the price with our freedoms, liberties, and bodily autonomies and our very health and lives. Before we get out of here. Speaking of health, speaking of lives, because the same people that run our that run the sick care system run the food care system. So that's been largely stripped out of a lot of the vitamins, minerals and nutrients we need. That's why we're taking so much making uh, spending so much money and taking so many supplements these days to put back into our systems what was taken out of our food for mass distribution and food processing. Same thing has happened now with our pets. And thankfully, they've got a, a supplement for them now for your puppy. It's called Rough Greens. It's a supplement powder you mix in with your dog's food and apparently it tastes great because our dog Cap loves the stuff. And it restores a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients missing from your puppy's palate. But you might be wondering, what if it doesn't work? Or what if my dog doesn't like it? We don't blame you for wondering that. That's why we're going to give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. You'll pay for the shipping so you're invested in it somewhat. But we'll pick up the bigger expense here. The bag is free and on us when you go to roughgreens.com to give it a shot. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com or you can call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. Before we go, I want to share one more here that I want us to ponder. It's a quickie. Nathaniel Harris says, I just listened to your show earlier this week with Dr. James Thorpe. You're nearly 50 and I'm nearly 30. We are from an era when we thank our mothers for not aborting us. My five-month-old and his future siblings will thank their mother for not getting these jabs. The new row is here, and the name starts with a silent P. Thoughts on that? You're sending us into the weekend with that one, huh? Yeah, wow. that, is, that is something to ponder, man. That, well, first of all, be thankful if you're taking these jabs, if you even get to be a mommy or daddy, given many of the studies we're seeing on those fronts. Okay. Number one, but, uh, that is something to ponder. I think, I think everything should be on the table. Yes. I should have been more specific before to your point you, that you've all 11 or not 11. That's a, you've all Harari guy, yeah. dude. He flat out said, well, if humans aren't really necessary, Really, 
what do we need? What, what what should we do with them? And he actually said video games and drugs. Yes. Like he's going to turn the oh this comfort thing I'm talking about. Oh, he's going to make you real comfortable. All right, you're going to be a pod person from the Matrix. That's what you're going to be. So he can have what he wants. But until then, enjoy the weekend yes. and the start of college football. <laughs> and little leaguers suck. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're back at it again Monday. Until then, have a great weekend, John. Three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.